0: Hello, mamas. Today is episode one in our three-part vagus nerve series, and we'll be talking today all about what the vagus nerve is. So enjoy. Hey, mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for you. It's pregnancy with fizzy. Welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast, another new and amazing series. Now, truthfully, this one, all about the vagus nerve, I wasn't sure about. So, when Dr. Carrie Rigoni reached out to me and said, Hey Laura, I'm super passionate about this topic. I'd love to share it with you and your audience. Truthfully, I was a bit like, uh, Don't know a lot about it. Doesn't sound like a topic that there's much to talk about. Like, it's just a nerve. Surely we can't really make that into a series, but I was wrong. (laughs) So I started looking into this and it really piqued my interest. And I felt like, as you'll hear in the next three episodes, it's really where I'm at in my parenting journey and my motherhood journey is learning about a lot of this nervous system regulation. And so much of that is about vagal tone. So I didn't know it was about the vagus nerve, but this is all the work that I'm doing personally and professionally with a lot of my postpartum mummers. So this episode, you may hear the topic and think, oh, "Vegas nerve sounds a bit scientific or sounds a bit boring. Trust me, it's actually really valuable and actually really spot on, I think, for everyone who is a mum. So everyone who's pregnant, to be honest, every woman, really, <laughs> let's just extrapolate it that far. So please, if you were like me and a bit like, "Vegas nah, vagus nerve sounds a bit dry. Please, please listen on because it is really, really helpful. So um, today we're going to be talking about all about what is the vagus nerve. So I've got the wonderful Dr. Carrie Rigoni, who is a chiropractor who works with mums and babies to optimize their baby's brain development and set them up for lifelong health. So she loves talking about all things vagus nerve and all the factors that can influence brain development. She has a busy practice in Perth in WA, Australia, and is passionate about optimizing the vagus nerve, supporting mums through periods of dysregulation and helping mums understand what they can do to support their baby's vagal tone too. And all these words will make so much more sense once you listen to today's episode. But essentially today's episode is going to be about how Carrie stumbled across the vagus nerve and how it positively impacted her parenting journey and her life in general. She provides an easy to understand explanation of where the vagus nerve is and exactly what role it plays in the body the signs to look for to suggest that your nervous system is overactive and your vagal tone may be low and i personally share my personal journey with parenting and nervous system regulation which i'm sure so many of you will resonate with i share pretty vulnerably in this three-part series because i think so much of it like i said in the series is so pertinent to my life right now where i'm at in my parenting journey and what i'm working on with my own nervous system so as always, I would love to hear from you. If this episode resonates with you, please jump on over to at Physiolaura and comment on this podcast post. And if you love Carrie and you wanna work with her further or learn from her more, you can find her on Instagram at Dr. Carrie Ragoni. She's a wealth of knowledge. And as we do for all podcast series, my epic pregnancy posse members always get some sort of bonus. And the bonus for this podcast series is Carrie has given us this amazing little questionnaire tool where you answer all these questions and it gives you a score to work out where your vagal tone is at because it's not always so easy to recognize if you've got a problem with vagal tone, is it high, is it low, is there an issue there? So this questionnaire is super easy to fill in it lets you recognize where you're at with your vagal tone so that you can start some treatment or some work on it if it does sound like it's a problem for you. So yeah, jump on over into the Pregnancy Posse membership. Obviously, as you should know by now, there's a million different amazing workouts tailored to each week of pregnancy, really taking off the mental load of having to wonder what is safe when I'm... pregnant what is safe when I'm exercising how hard can I work you know all those questions are taken out of the picture I put it all there for you I've done the hard work so that you don't have to we're talking about mental load in this episode today and that is a big part of it if you can take the mental load of having to worry about what exercise to do in pregnancy how to manage pelvic pain when to do pelvic floor exercises how to best prepare for birth if you don't want to have to worry about that mental load jump on into my membership i've shelved the mental load for you you can find out more at thepregnancyplasty.com and you can trial the program for seven days and if you want to find this bonus questionnaire for the vagal tone go inside the podcast series um, inside the membership and you will find it so without further ado let's jump into this chat all about what exactly is the vagus nerve enjoy Hi, Carrie. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. As I was saying to you before we hit record, when you first reached out to me to talk about the vagus nerve, I did think, oh, you know, like what a niche little topic, but the more I've looked into it, this is such a fascinating topic to me. And I know that this is your bread and butter. So thank you so much for joining us on the
1: podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to share the vagus nerve message.
0: (laughs) I can see how passionate you are about it. I think it's so awesome when people are lit up by something. So for majority of my audience, they will have either never heard of the vagus nerve or they just have no idea what is it about. So could you maybe take us back? Let us know a little bit about who you are, what you do and how you got involved in this work around the vagus nerve. And then we'll talk about what actually it is. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm a chiropractor by training. Um, I would say that I'm a bit of an out-of-the-box chiropractor (laughs) Um, in that I do have a very special focus on the vagus nerve in my clinic. Um, The reason that I just kind of fell into it, you know, I'd had my own children and I was loving practice, but I felt really burnt out and it wasn't until I had my own kids and was like, whoa, like being a mother is actually really, really draining. And <laughs> it took a lot more out of me than I expected. Um, so I kind of started searching for my own answers and stumbled across the vagus nerve. And the beauty of it is that when I started working on my own vagus nerve and what, what I call vagal tone, which we will cover later, um, is it, it not only changed my physiology and how I Um, how I dealt with the day-to-day but it also changed the dynamic of the whole house because I was calmer and more regulated and my kids fed off that Um, even my husband got happier like just the whole house dynamic shifted and I was like wow this is really powerful and I feel like it's like a missing link for a lot of mums or a lot of mums who have maybe um, newborns who uh, crying a lot or you know labeled as an irritable baby and that sort of stuff it's it's not really discussed but it's so powerful and it can really shift things for everyone
0: mm. I think you've just like hook line and sinkered everyone listening they're like <laughs> yes I identify as that woman and yes I want help to bring calm and peace to the house like I was just saying to you literally before I got on this podcast, I was like, "Ooh, this is a timely topic because I need some vagus nerve work right now because I had three children to get ready. Normally, I don't have them on a work day. My husband came in the door five minutes before this podcast started and I was like, Ooh, <laughs> I need to talk to Carrie. And I'm sure everyone can relate to this, but particularly in that prenatal postpartum period, like there's a lot going on I always joke that my children assault my nervous system, but that's how it can feel sometimes when you've got young kids. It's not their fault, but it's just, I think we need more tools to be able to help ourselves so that we can, I and I think you would mentioned this and I resonate with it because I talk about it all the time, but so we can not just survive motherhood, but thrive. I'm so big on that because I think so many of us are just getting by feeling fairly rubbish like probably your experience before you discovered all of this where we can access calm we can access more regulated nervous systems and I just think this this topic's for everyone, even those pregnant women who don't have a baby yet. There's still so much stress in pregnancy these days, and women navigating all of the different things they have to navigate in their first pregnancy. So, yeah, super, super important topic. So, I'm very glad you stumbled into it and that you're passionate about it. <laughs> so, could you maybe give us like the basic 101 of what is this nerve and how is it relating in our body? What is, it fun- what is its function?
1: Mm, so the vagus nerve is the largest cranial nerve in the body. And what that basically means is it starts right up in our neck, in the bottom of our brain, in our brain stem. So it's quite of the primitive area of our brain. And it actually runs down the front of our neck, so under our jaw, under our collarbones, through our chest, through our digestive system, all the way down to our pelvic floor. And It's called the vagus nerve because in Latin that means wandering and it literally is like the wandering nerve. It has these tiny little projections into every every organ, every system in the body. Now if you've done some human bio maybe back in the day you may learn about um, you know the autonomic nervous system and how the vagus nerve um, helps control things that are very subconscious like our breathing rate, our heart rate, um, our blood pressure, uh, how how our gut digests food and how quickly it moves through the digestive tract. And a lot of times this is, um, I guess, what's taught about the vagus nerve, but that's only about 10% of what it does. And the other 90% is actually sensory. So what that means is that the messages are not coming from the brain for example, from the brain to the heart saying, hey heart, you need to beat faster or slower. That's that's included in the 10%. But these other nerves are coming from the body up into the brain and saying, hey brain, this is what's happening in, in the gut. Or hey brain, this is what's happening in the heart, etc. So it tells the brain whether things are working well or whether things are not working well. And then the brain kind of responds accordingly and may send messages back down to counteract that Mm.
0: and this is obviously all happening subconsciously like this is this is not something you have to control this is all like you said autonomic
1: yeah so it happens at such a fast speed compared to say the higher centers our rational brain that by the time we're conscious of something that could be happening it's been happening for a long time in the body Mm. Um, so it's like this constant system that senses everything, not only in our internal environment, but it actually is able to sense things in our external environment as well and sends that up into the brain and says, Hey, like this is, this feels safe. This is good. Or no, this feels like a threat. It feels like there's something wrong here. So I need to tell the threat centers of the brain that there's a problem.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. And then I the other thing. you talking. No, you take the <laughs> mic because this is really fascinating to me. Um, the other thing that it does is um, a, a healthy or an optimally working vagus nerve is able to activate once a stress has finished. So, say for example, there's a moment where you do need to activate your fight or flight, and there is a genuine threat. Then we want our nervous system to be able to activate accordingly. What the vagus nerve does after that event is done is activates and pulls you back out of the stress response. So it says, hey body, hey nervous system, you're safe now. You don't need to stay in that fight or flight. Let's get back into a regulated state. And it's really only when we're in that regulated state which is called the parasympathetic activity where our body regenerates and does all the restorative things that, you know, happen during sleep or um, just when we're feeling calm, we digest our food better. You know, all of those things can activate only when our vagus nerve is activating and pulling us out of the fight or flight.
0: So just to clarify, because this is how I used to remember it back at uni, Parasympathetic, rest and digest, sympathetic, mm-hmm. fight or flight. Is that yeah. a good summary? And yeah. I'm just picturing the vagus nerve is almost like the the train track controller where it can flick you from one to the other. Would that be correct? Is it like responsible Somewhat, for yeah. going from yeah. para to simp and back again? Would that be a good explanation or not really?
1: Um, the, our nervous systems are actually quite primitive in that we have a bias towards fight or flight, so what the vagus nerve does is it's like the brakes to the train <laughs> let's say the train um fight or flight is the accelerator and it's on high speed that that will continue unless the vagus nerve inhibits it okay so it's kind of like the brake so someone who has lower vagal tone or lower ability to activate their vagus nerve will just naturally hover more in that fight or flight, because that's what our nervous system is naturally designed to do. Yes. Because if they're not getting the safety signal from the vagus nerve to say, hey, you're safe in this moment, mm. then the nervous system goes, well, I need to either fight or run away or um, you know escape whatever's happening that is threatening my nervous system.
0: So say for someone like yourself, who's now been working on vagal tone and vagus nerve exercises for years now, That means that you're much better at putting the brakes on, pulling yourself out of that sympathetic fight or flight response much quicker, easier, recognizing, you know, when you need to calm down, those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas someone who hasn't necessarily worked on this before might find it really hard to calm themselves down, to remind themselves that they're safe because their body's just spinning in that fight or flight and they just don't maybe have the tools or, yeah, the the resources to... work that nerve well to pull yourself back down Mm. into the parasympathetic
1: so the longer you've been in a particular state and I often refer to it as the baseline state or possibly your neurological set point where you you kind of hover day to day the longer you've been in a state if that has been fight or flight for a long time then the more familiar it gets and then the harder it is to shift Mm. so if you've been the kind of um You know, like say you've gone from lots of study into a stressful career into um, and you love being busy and then you go into motherhood and you're still really busy and you can't you're like, I can't even calm myself down, even if I want to, Mm -hmm. you know, like the thought of having to meditate or do deep breathing gives my nervous system like I get more anxious and that's because it's so familiar that what you're asking your nervous system to do feels unsafe, even though it creates more safety. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you do need to start really gently. Yeah. So
0: what are some things, like you just mentioned them busy, you know, finding meditation hard. It might be interesting to just list out some things that might suggest you spend a lot of time in that fight or flight, because then the listeners might be able to recognize it in themselves and go, oh, actually, because I would identify as someone who used to be a lot more like that, but I didn't know it. So I, if you had said, are you stressed? I would have said no, but -hmm. I guess my body was processing stress. It just, I didn't call it stress. So I was very busy. I was running, rushing all the time, you know, like that rushing woman syndrome. And I didn't have much downtime. I didn't notice that I couldn't breathe deeply. Like everything was quite restricted, but I wouldn't have said I was stressed and I wouldn't have thought I was in fight or flight. I would have just thought I was busy. And you know, that's the modern woman these days. So maybe could you list out, yeah, what what would indicate that maybe you are in fight or flight too often?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny you say that because one of my questions in my intake form is, you know, were you stressed during your pregnancy? And so many women say, no, no, I wasn't stressed. Oh, well, I guess I had the normal amount of stress. And then they come back in the second consult once they kind of understand the mechanisms a bit more and go, do you know what I've been thinking about that? And I was constantly in fight or flight and I just didn't know it (laughs) yeah Yeah. so it's definitely this culture it's embedded and it's almost a bit of an expectation I think Um, absolutely Absolutely. (laughs) I used to wear it
0: as a badge of honor if someone said how have you been I was like oh busy you know so busy (laughs) whereas now people ask have you been I'm like good like what have you been doing I was like I don't even know (laughs) cruising now compared to what I used to be but yeah I definitely think we put it up on a pedestal um, to be rushing busy it means you're more important maybe or that you're more worthy and all sorts of stories but sorry coming Mm. back what would you experience or maybe feel Mm. or what might her life look like if she is stuck in that fight or flight?
1: So yeah the really common um, I guess lower grade ones that are unrecognized are often the need to be busy so you even try and sit down and have a quiet cup of tea and you just can't, like you have to get up and do something. You just can't sit still. Um, You over schedule your life (laughs) to account for that. Um, You tend to be a bit more, um, I guess, you know, they could call it high achiever or type A, those sort of personality traits. You're always pushing to get to the next level. There's never There's never a moment where you stop and just kind of be in the present. You're always seeking the next novelty or whatever goal you've got. Um, And hypervigilance is another one. So, you know, how you respond to light and sound, um, whether that's before kids or sometimes we only notice it when we have our children and we're like, oh, my God, just, you know, be quiet for one minute. Um, But that sensitivity, you know, if you're really easily triggered by that, um, that's a sign that you're already in that fight or flight and your nervous system is now just being triggered by everything that's potentially a threat because you've lost the filter.
0: Mm, I feel like you're like seeing through my soul right now. (laughs) I feel so seen. I am this woman. (laughs) I I recently... So I have improved so much since I used to be very busy, 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 like I said, and I feel like I have improved a lot. But recently I came to recognize I was very overscheduled as were my kids because I told myself I'm an extrovert. I'm very social, which I believe both of those things to be true. But I also think it was a bit of a dysregulation of not knowing how to sit still either. Mm -hmm. And so it was easier for me to just be always on the go, having a million things on, and I just recently, the last couple of weeks, pulled right back on the social schedule. And it was hard at first because I'm not used to just hanging out, you know, being at home with my kids. I'm used to doing things, play dates, things on. And I feel like I have finally ticked into this new level of spaciousness, which feels really good. And I didn't know what this truly felt like until I felt it now. I thought yeah. I was calm and peaceful and all of that. But just since I've pulled back a lot, I'm actually really regulated which feels really good because another thing I recognized I used to think it was really normal to feel touched out in motherhood right and I I guess there is an element of that like we we are touched quite a lot you know there's a lot of bombardment on your nervous system but I think I was recognizing that I was really triggered by my kids touching me and I think Mm. too much so and I would feel quite repulsed at the end of the day, and I I, I'd almost have that like primal reaction of wanting to push everyone off me, like just get away from me. It's like I didn't feel safe. I felt like I was being attacked, even though like rationally I knew, well, my kids are not a threat to me. I am safe, but my nervous system cannot interpret uh-huh. this right now as is this a threat or what? And I think it's because I was far too much in that overscheduled fight or flight sympathetic system. And now that I've clocked, into a little bit more regulation, I'm noticing I'm far less touched out by them. I'm far less triggered by them leaning on me and pushing me and headbutting me and all of that. And I just thought that would be really interesting to share because again, I didn't think I had any problems. I thought it was just a normal part of motherhood. And it's literally only in the last couple of weeks that I've gone... No this I don't think this is actually a normal part of motherhood I think this is a sign that your body's saying too much or you know too much stimulation um, so anyway, I just want to share that in case any of the listeners also resonated with that because I'm feeling much better in my nervous system and again, I just think it's so uncanny that we're actually having this conversation today it's so <laughs> mirroring my personal and parenting life at the moment so I just want to share that
1: I love that and Um, that's actually one of my signs, you know, like I'm pretty good at catching myself before I get to that point. Um, And my vagus nerve is receptive to stimulation now. So it doesn't take me much to get on track. But yeah, the other day um, my daughter was sitting on me and I was same response. I was just like, oh, you know, like, oh, I just wanted to push her off. Like, you know, and clearly I didn't, but, you know, and I had to say to her, Mummy, needs a bit of space at the moment, you know, and then I was like, why am I feeling like this and reflected on what had happened during that day? And so I know if I'm touched out by the end of the day, that that's on me, that's not them. That's like my regulation ability. And it's a sign that I've pushed it too far.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think that's really game changer when you flick it around and realize it's a your problem, not a them problem. Um, because sometimes my kids will be doing the exact same thing and I'll be laughing and like looking at them with love and (laughs) adoration. And other times I'll be like steaming out of my ears for them doing the exact same thing. But I realize I'm like, it's got nothing to do with what they're doing right now. They're just kids. Like they're only pushing my buttons because my buttons are lit up to be pushed right now. It's because of my own problem. And I think that's where that whole self-care piece comes back in for mums as well. Mm -hmm. Like making sure you're looking after you so that your nervous system is regulated so they can co-regulate off a calm nervous system. It's so important, right, isn't it? Hey, mummers, I so hope that you love that first episode in our three-part vagus nerve series and that you've now wrapped your head around what exactly we're talking about. So like I said in the introduction, I didn't really get the vagus nerve. I didn't understand it before I started talking to Carrie and now I have such a good understanding of it and it really is so relevant to my life and I'm sure your life too. It's just that I didn't have the language around what part of the body <laughs> was responsible for the feelings and the regulation and the nervous system being overactive or or whatnot. So I really hope that helps give you a solid understanding because in the next episode, episode two, we're going to be talking all about what factors can lower your vagal tone so that you can be aware of that. And also what factors and influences you can you know, use and things you can do to up your vagal tone so that you are more regulated, so that you're not always in fight or flight. So you can put the brakes on that sympathetic nervous response and walk around in life a little bit calmer, a little bit more peaceful. So definitely stay tuned for that episode. Do make sure you subscribe to the Pregnancy with Laura podcast so that you do not miss any of these new episodes being released. If you subscribe, they just pop up in your newsfeed. Super easy. Again, let's reduce that mental load. Let's not have to think about which podcasts we like and you know when we need to be attuned for when they're releasing episodes. Just hit subscribe; does all the hard work for you. And if you want to access the bonus content for this episode for this podcast series, it is free for all Pregnancy Posse members. It is the Epic Vagal Tone Questionnaire that I mentioned earlier about working out where your vagal tone is at. So it's a really simple questionnaire that you can fill in and get an understanding of where you're at. That is free for all members inside the Pregnancy Posse, which is my online membership program. You have access to me all the time to ask me all of your questions inside there plus an epic tailored program to take you from peeing on a stick pregnant all the way through to birth so uh, there's so many amazing women in there so much wonderful feedback comes out of that program so if you want to try it you can go to thepregnancyposter.com and you can access the bonus content for this podcast in there too and as always please if you love this episode or if something landed for you or if you realize now that you want to up your tone of your vagal nerve and you didn't know it before please anything from today's episode that you want to share with me I'd so love to hear from you over at Physio Laura remember sometimes i feel forget people listen to the podcast so it's always really good for me just to see that you're saying yep i'm listening yep i'm loving it this is what i'm taking home from it or these are the questions that i have i really like to see that feedback so i'll chat to you over at physio laura and if you want to connect with carrie she is over on instagram at dr carrie Rigoni dr doctor and i will see you all soon for episode two where we talk all about the ways that we can improve our vagus nerve health have a wonderful day mamas